0: let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone, because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur, and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. All right. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Me too. I'm excited to have someone of your background on the mm-hmm. show and talk about the science behind the mystical, the science behind intuition and mm-hmm. evidence-based research. And this is going to be really exciting because we're we're also diving into personality and how that yeah. relates to intuitive abilities. So Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to tell everyone in your own words a little bit about your background.
1: Sure, sure. Well, I have a PhD in counseling psychology. I went to the University of Kansas, so I'm a big Jayhawk basketball fan. And uh, I studied in a very traditional counseling psychology program. So I focused on vocational development of creative pr- people particularly, and during those studies, along with my own my own kind of background and interest in the more mystical and esoteric, I really tried to start understanding this thing called intuition as I went through my graduate training. In fact, um, I was, along with my mentor and one other of my colleagues, we actually wrote what has become known kind of as a seminal paper in vocational psychology and career psychology around how people make decisions. And it turns out intuition is a big piece of the decision-making puzzle, but it's one that doesn't get a lot of play time in any of the work that we typically see people going through in in their career development and so on. So it just, just is it, it for me has been kind of a journey of understanding intuition not as like a woo thing at all but as a kind of a a normal part of people's lives and and people's way of navigating the world.
0: Yeah. And, and we've been conditioned so much to rely on our five physical senses, and mm-hmm. we tend to forget about our spiritual senses, mm-hmm. that sixth sense, so to speak. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love this. Okay, so where shall we start? Shall we talk about personality first, uh, spiritual intelligence?
1: Where do you want to dive in? You know, I think that it's really important to get grounded in understanding from a just a purely positive psychology perspective on what this all is anyway, because there's so often when, when you start Googling intuition, there's a lot of stuff that comes up around, you know, um, spiritual practices and it kind of has that woo flavor to it. And listen, I'm as woo as the next, let's just be clear about that. But I really started understanding that there's a group of people who have a high level of intuition, but we often have to hide it. And we have to explain ourselves and we have to understand, we have to help people understand where we're coming from and kind of convince them that we're right, even though we know in our bones that we're right. So I think I'd like to start with the personality first, Mm -hmm. and then we'll talk about spiritual intelligence as well as, which is kind of this new construct that I've, that I've been studying in terms of what that actually is, what intuition actually is for some folks.
0: Okay. Awesome.
1: Okay. So what do we need to know about personality? So a couple of things. One is that there's a big five personality assessment that has probably at this point about 70 years of research and data and information associated with it. And in fact, we consider it the gold standard of personality assessments, uh, personality psychologists do. And um, so there are five different factors of personality that exist in all of the people all around the world. And it seems seems that these big five personality factors exist in every culture, in every group of people to some degree. And in fact, they exist on a normal distribution curve, on a bell-shaped curve. So about 60 per, 68% of the population falls within one standard deviation of average. And I don't wanna bore your listeners with all the statistics, but the important thing here is that there are some of us who do fall outside of that average range on a couple of really key factors of personality. The one that I wanna talk first about is openness to experiences. And people who are highly open to experiences are highly imaginative. They can be very, very sensitive to their own emotions and the emotions of other people. Um, They're going to challenge the status quo on everything from social to political to, you know, religious norms and values. Um, They're lifelong learners. So they just absorb information like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You go down the rabbit hole when you start researching something. If you have that that (laughs) level of, for
0: me, (laughs) for sure, that level of
1: curiosity. And they also love new experiences. So they love to travel, they love to go new places, see new things and have adventures. And that kind of, those are the characteristics that make up this personality factor called openness to experiences. Well, what we found is we were doing early research on just on creative people, people who raised their hands and said, yeah, I can generate unique and useful solutions to ordinary problems um we found that for this group of people and we we see this also in marketers and writers and scientists the innovative the innovative types that are out there in the world doing work is that they scored really high on this particular factor of personality. In fact, probably in a room of a hundred people, when we're looking at their scores on openness, they might have one of the top five highest scores or the top three highest scores in, 100, in a room of a hundred people, or even in a room of a thousand people. Sometimes we see this really brilliant ability to kind of access a different level of consciousness than most people can. It's not that others can't, it's just that this particular group of people have just a unique ability to be able to very easily.
0: When I've studied inventors and how they came up with their inventions, they would admit that they felt like they were tapping into something unseen Mm -hmm. that they didn't quite understand. Like the idea was waiting for them. Like the best cell phone already existed. They just had to tap into what it was, like it was already created in the ether and then they brought it down into the mm-hmm. physical. And that's yes. it described coming up with those ideas. It's really fascinating.
1: Yes, and you can see where life is imitating art too, can't you, in other words, you think back to the original Star Trek series and you see, you know, discs that they're using for data and yes. all of a sudden that shows up in, in, real, in real life as well. So yeah, there is this capacity to access um, deeper states of consciousness, creative states of consciousness, where those ideas, where those images are actually existing in the ethers. And in fact, we can go all the way back to Plato in his theories of theory of forms, where he talks about there is an ideal in the ethers that we can, we can have access to. And then it's our job as humans to bring that idea into the physical form. It'll be imperfect but it will still be a really good representation of what's actually existing in the ethers. I so, love that. Yeah. So if there's, if there's any doubt around intuition being, you know, part of the human personality, we we can go all the way back to Plato and he's talking about I love all, that. Those, all those millennia ago. I
0: love that. And uh, recently I actually heard that there was a VC investor who said the the way that he could tell which entrepreneurs he wanted to invest in were, were how open, it was how open they were. And that was the key to success, this this investor believed. So yeah, yeah. it's huge.
1: It's interesting too. I, I would be curious about that investor if it was open, meaning are you compliant? In other words, are you open to my ideas or are you open to all ideas and can you generate something unique and useful? I think that it was the um, solves a for problem. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sure. I mean,
0: oh, compliant, like I, I'm sorry, yeah. most <laughs> entrepreneurs
1: <laughs> don't want to fall <laughs> into compliance. No, no. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So openness is that personality factor that we're looking for when we're talking about intuition. And um, that's where you mentioned spiritual intelligence a little bit ago. Is that someplace that you want to go next? I'd love to, if it fits. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Because When we talk about, and spiritual intelligence is kind of on that cusp of, well, what is that? Is that a little bit woo? And, you know, to be honest, everything, when you start talking about intuition, if you can't, if it's not part of the five senses, um, there are some people who are going to judge that as woo. But I always look at what are the fruits of what are the what's the product, what are the fruits of this ability and with spiritual intelligence that's actually the ability to alter one's consciousness in the service of yourself or another person and to use spiritual practices and tools in order to solve real world problems. So a simple spiritual practice like prayer can actually be a very powerful, and there's actually evidence that shows this in the, in the, in the research, that prayer actually, um, intercessory prayer especially, can create the conditions for healings to happen, for people to get better, for solutions to appear where there were none to begin with. So that's a simple spiritual practice that we can use when we talk about spiritual intelligence.
0: I love that. And, and I like also, um, if you could just back up a little bit and talk about the differences between IQ, EQ, and SQ, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. mental versus the emotional versus the spiritual. Cause we're not talking about emotional intelligence. No, we're
1: not. So IQ, very simple definition. Um, the, the, um, the IQ is just processing speed, how quickly you can process information, make sense of things and know what to do about it. And IQ runs on a normal distribution curve as well. So again, 68% of the population have about an average IQ. No big deal, it doesn't mean that they can't accomplish things and and do great things in the world, but most people have an average IQ. And then there are people on the tails of the curve who are going to be high IQ, high ability, very fast processors. And then there are gonna be people on the other end of the tail who are gonna be slower processors of information, so that's IQ. EQ is the capacity to recognize and understand your own emotions and the emotions of other people. Now, in fact, in within that personality assessment, when we're talking about the openness to experiences factor, there is one facet of that that's called feelings. And that very much, I think, to me, tags onto that EQ, that idea that I'm going to be able to walk into a room and read the room and Kind of get a sense of what's going on with other people we see a lot of counselors and psychologists and coaches who have that capacity to do so um so that's eq the ability to manage and to i want to add this and to manage and recognize your own emotions and the emotions of other people and then we get into spiritual intelligence which is the capacity to actually alter consciousness in the surface of oneself or another person so if you've ever been with a really skilled meditation teacher who can just very quickly invite you into a place of just mindful awareness in the present moment. That would be an example of an alteration of consciousness that we see as a spiritually intelligent person would be able to do. And then from there to guide that present-minded focus into a place of creativity, into a place of being able to access an aha moment for yourself or something like that, or a solution to a problem.
0: That's very good. And I once saw a study and you might be familiar with it about a group of meditators that went into a war zone and they were actually able to create a condition where like all of a sudden the fighting stopped in the streets Mm -hmm. It's, Mm uh, and talk about altering consciousness, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. I'll, I'll try to find that study and put it in the show notes.
1: There was, I don't know if we're talking, there was a very famous meditation study back in the seventies that was done in Washington, DC, and they did a comparison of the violence during a summer, um, the year before the meditation, the meditations started. Mm -hmm. And then that summer that they did the meditations and they found a statistically significant drop in violence as a result of, well- can you actually show that it was as a result of meditation but they did have a it was a strong correlation between the two anyway
0: yeah that's really cool that's a different study that i'm thinking of but that would be great mm-hmm. if we could get both of those studies in there because mm-hmm. this stuff works it really does you know mm-hmm. and if you're feeling like you're powerless in this world with everything that's going on guess what you can do you can mm-hmm. do these practices and it really does really does change um everything from every word you speak, you just, you just have a different vibrance about you to every project you touch, um, to every person you come in contact with. It really is a ripple effect. You know, if you Mm -hmm. can, meditation has all sorts of physical benefits as Mm -hmm. well, reducing stress and helping with Mm -hmm. sleep. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so, okay, this is great. So how about we go in, do you want to go into another piece of, Uh, the personalities and how it affects intuition?
1: Yeah, let's do that. Because, you know, I'm a psychologist. And even though, you know, my practice is with advising executives at this point, we all have brains in our heads. And in other words, I don't do clinical work anymore, but certainly our nervous system Impacts everything that we do all day every day And so it is important to just take a look at this other factor in personality called neuroticism and everybody uses that word We kind of kick it around but we don't really know what it actually means From a personality perspective what neuroticism means is sensitivity to stress and emotional reactivity so how sensitive your brain is to stress and how emotionally reactive you are actually can flavor your understanding of your intuition or that gut level experience that you have on something so somebody who scores high on neuroticism is maybe has a lot of anxiety worry maybe some symptoms of depression or maybe just is just all you know across the board more sensitive to stress than another person that person is going to have a lot of red zone emotions it's going to create the conditions for kind of to be jumpy with intuition like Um, I'm going to be on the lookout and I always have to check the weather to see what's going on and to see how I have to be in certain circumstances in order to not rock the boat or not keep the peace. And so when somebody, when I'm working with somebody like that, who's high on openness, they're very intuitive, they're creative, they have great ideas, but they also, they're working with a brain that is a little bit more jumpy than maybe we want it to be in terms of you know, in terms of leadership and actually getting things done, we have to help them manage their nervous system so that they're getting a real clear read on whatever that intuitive hit is. And the way that we do that, you mentioned it earlier, I really think meditation is the panacea for everything. In fact, there's so much research and data now on the link between meditation and actually changing the structure and function of the brain so you actually have more access to your executive functioning, to your language centers, to the parts of your brain that are actually really good at problem solving. And at the same time, that meditation actually soothes the limbic system, which is that emotional center in the brain that's associated with those heightened experiences of anxiety and so on.
0: Yeah. And I, and this actually brings to mind, I think an interesting relationship between, and you tell me if this backs up in your research, but it seems like as humans, we can have a lot of fear about the unknown. And when we're accessing other levels of consciousness, we're actually dipping into um, things we don't know, we don't know. So there's three types of knowledge, right? There's things we know, like I know English, you know, English, right? Mm -hmm. I know that I don't know Latin. So that's another type things, you know, you don't know. And then there's things you don't know that you don't know, Mm -hmm. which are in your blind spot. And this is actually what, um, one of the reasons why I embarked on this path of learning how to open and strengthen my intuition is because of sheer curiosity of just sheer, like openness to, yeah, I want to solve problems, but I also want to know about some of these mysteries and, and Mm -hmm. of life in the universe. And so, um, how much does fear and, um, almost like the fear of Uh, learning something you might not like or being afraid to face a potential truth. Like you can see nowadays, like people are, you know, they kind of like shut down when you're talking to them. Sometimes they're just like, no, no, you're wrong. Like they don't even want to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that is. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that. Right. But part of that could be like fear that they might be wrong. Mm -hmm. So how does this, how do we does, do you have any advice? Like, how do we identify if we have this fear, like ignorance is bliss, right? It's so much easier
1: to remain. I know. know. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. And we've, you know, right now, this is such a great time to be talking about this because there's so much uncertainty. The only thing that is really certain right now is that there's going to be more change coming up in our world. Excuse me. And so when we're dealing on it with on an ongoing basis with uncertainty, and by the way, the world has always been uncertain. It just yes. is amplified now. Let's be, let's be honest yes, about exactly. that. Exactly. But when we have to, when we're confronted by uncertainty every single day, and oftentimes from moment to moment within the day, you know, your kid goes to school in the morning, has a meltdown, you know, you got to deal with that all of a sudden, in addition to all of these other Um, potential stressors that come from just living in the land of uncertainty right now. So everybody, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people do have their guards up around, like I don't want anything to change because so much is changing. So I'm going to dig my heels in and I'm going to stay the same and I'm not going to take any red pills or blue pills. And I'm just going to keep my blinders on and do my thing. And anytime we get challenged, anytime our, Cognitive structures get challenged by something that we have never heard of before or that is new to us. We're going to either try to integrate that into our schemas, how we view the world, or we're going to reject those. And those are, it's kind of binary, I think. I would hope that, especially for creatives and people who consider themselves innovative, that they would really take take a hard look at this new information that's coming into them. But sometimes it's like, if you've got a high level of stress, it's sometimes easier to just like, I'm going to just put that aside for a while. So where intuition can really come in and help is, listen, truth has its own frequency. And if you can just attune yourself to truth, what's true for me? What's What's true for me on it? on a frequency level or on a, just on a gut level, if I can tap into that and be really clear about, is this thing true for me? Um, That helps kind of differentiate all of the other stuff that we have to sort through that our brains have to sort through that our consciousness has to sort through as we're going through this journey.
0: Yeah. And I would add, I love that also attuning and aligning with God or your higher source, Mm -hmm. because that is the ultimate source of truth. And, um, you know, I've been proven wrong by God a few times, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know everything, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: you know, when, when you are earnest and you're seeking, you know, you will, you will receive the answers and they can show up in everyday life. Like someone telling you something and you're like, Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Or seeing a post on social media. I mean, it's interesting Mm -hmm. how answers come through, but yeah, I think also just like getting right with with God or your higher source Mm -hmm. and, and just making
1: sure that your heart is aligned. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think Christy, that just brings up something for me that I wanted to, to bring forward to consider is that the more, you know, yourself, know your personality, know who you are and what you're doing in this world, the easier it is to, and in other words, you do the inner work. Mm -hmm. And when your inner work is clear, then it's easier to, sort through everything that's going on in the world um, because your connection with divine source is clear. Yes. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. As I reflect on my own journey, it's definitely like being more connected with God has revealed new things about myself that I didn't know to be true. I was actually limiting myself. And when I can look at how God sees me or Um, like an interesting exercise (laughs) that I did um, just came to me. It was like, okay, if if God were to explain me or my services to somebody else, my gifts, my strengths, Mm -hmm. even my weaknesses, what would he say? Mm
1: -hmm. And that
0: was a really interesting download that I got because there were things in there that wow, I didn't realize. And, and before I did that, I actually had to clear some fears. Like I actually, Mm -hmm. I did an exercise like, and this again just came to me. I didn't see it anywhere. It just came to me. It's like, if I really let my freak flag fly, what would my flag say? What would it be? And what came up for me were things that, you know, were part Mm -hmm. of me, but I was afraid to show because of what other people might think, things that were actually gifts, divine gifts and Mm -hmm. strengths. And, you know, like kind of how we started out this conversation. There's sometimes this program running in the back of our minds of we've got to explain it or people won't understand or, or whatever. And, um, it's an interesting world we live in how we've been conditioned to suppress Uh, our spiritual sides and really Mm -hmm. rely on our
1: rational mind. Mm -hmm. Just like Einstein said, right? Yeah, Intuition is a sacred gift and reason is its faithful servant. And we've created a culture that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And what the work that you and I do, of course, is let's bring the gift back front and center and really start accessing that as the first, as our go-to. What does my spirit say? Mm-hmm. What does my heart say, rather than what does my brain say? And I say, you know, a lot of times I talk about building a bridge between your head and your heart, because so many of us have really talked about IQ, there are a lot of people in, who are high achievers who really do have they're quite bright, They're quite fast processors. And so we've become sort of over reliant on our intellect, but I've seen it more than once that you reach the end of yourself at some point and the end of your intellect gets you only so far. And then you've got to tap into something deeper. And that's where the intuition comes in. That's where the spirituality comes in, because that's actually, in my experience, going to take us to where we're headed in the future and get us out of this nonsense that we're I embarking totally agree. on
0: right now. I totally agree. And that Einstein quote is the quote that appears in my mm-hmm. new book, The Intuition-Led Business, front and center. And that's exactly why what mm-hmm. you just said is exactly why I wrote it, is because I realized after 20 years <clears throat> in marketing and business, like, I I mean, it only takes you so far, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, granted, when I started this, it was four or five years ago. But, you know, it's it's definitely, I feel like people who don't adopt to this way of thinking or, or being led by their intuition, they're going to be, you know, in a world of hurt in a couple of years mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. business or even their per- personal lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
1: The closer you can get to your inner sovereignty into your inner, inner guidance, the easier it is to navigate any level of uncertainty. Um, And I always, for me, I always have to just go back to what I know for sure. Every night, in fact, when my husband and I get into the bed, we look at each other and say, okay, what do we know for sure? And we go back to, you know, the truths of our spirit, the truth of God, you know, there's a, I'm, listen, I'm Catholic, so I don't know the Bible very well. I'm just going to raise my hand and say that, but there is a, there is a Bible verse that I love. I think it's in Jeremiah, which says God has plans to prosper me and not to harm me plans to give me hope in a future. And I'm like, okay, there you go. That's what I know for sure. And that's something that I can ground in for myself, for somebody else. It may be a quote from Rumi, right? What you see, what you seek is seeking you is another really beautiful, like truth quote for me. That just brings me back to what do I know for sure? Does that make sense? So yeah. Even in using intuition, you're still tapping into your knowledge base. You're still tap- tapping into the confidence that you have in, even though everything outside of me may be changing and transient and everything, what are those truths that I can be grounded in?
0: I love that. I love that. And yeah, I am Christian <clears> too, and I don't know the Bible as well as I would <laughs> like, Um but I feel like all of these spiritual teachers also came, Mm -hmm. um, to touch each corner of the earth. And so Mm -hmm. whatever it is for you, anchor yourself Mm -hmm. in that. I think that is such a good, great truth Mm -hmm. to live by. And just to, um, I feel like this whole upheaval of 2020 has really helped people, um, get back to the basics Mm -hmm. and, um, God does want what's best for you. He he wants Mm -hmm. you to seek after that spiritual gold. And a lot of us have been seeking after fool's gold. We've been distracted. And I feel like this whole experience has helped us really discern between the two.
1: And you know what? Discernment is the key to all of this really, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. just really dropping into that. Especially with all the news that's going on right now and everything that's going on in our world. Just I, before I even open my eyes in the morning, I pray and I say, please just show me the truth today Just show me the truth. And inevitably, whether I want to see it or not, I see the truth. Like I say that, but then like confronted by it, I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know right. that was coming. I cannot unsee that now. <laughs> Thank you can't. very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I can't unsee this. So those are the things that when, when I talk about intuition and, you know, for the people who are Christian, who are listening, it's like one of those kind of those edgy things that not everybody is real comfortable talking about, but I just, I always have to go back to also, what is the science show around this? Always grounding it in that as well. And mm-hmm. just looking at like intuition is a, it's a normal human experience. And in my opinion, it's God given and it's my direct connection with divine source.
0: Yeah. And look, science and <clears throat> and spirituality are not mutually exclusive.
1: Nope. Not at all. In can fact, you speak to, to l- that? Yeah. Sure. Sure. And can we do, I need to plug in my battery. I'm just, so, I'm so sorry. Yeah, let's pause. Building the bridge between science and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we look at that, and this is one of the gifts that I think psychology has given us is that the psychologists, the researchers are out there asking these questions. Like Robert Emmons has done so much research on spiritual intelligence from the perspective of of somebody who believes in God. And it kind of goes against the grain in psychology because there are a lot of folks who are out there who come from a different perspective, whether it's atheism or Buddhism or whatever, but we're all kind of still trying to seek the truth regardless of what spoke we're on on the wheel, if you will. And so, when we start looking at, for me, let me just say from my perspective, as I'm a smart girl, I'm intuitive, and I believe in God. So, how does that all land? And I have to have some data and some research to back that up. So, when I think about somebody who's done real good work in that area, it is Robert Emmons, who has looked at spiritual intelligence, and he really landed on gratitude as one of those key concepts that sort of builds a bridge between science and spirit. And there's enough research now even on gratitude that gratitude really is kind of foundational to all of the blessings and all of the good things that we have in our lives. If you can find a way to be grateful for whatever it is, just say thank you for it. It changes your perspective so you can see something new, see something different. And in doing so you actually create an even stronger connection between you and divine source.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. Mm, This has been amazing. So So I would love for you to tell people a little bit more about Mm -hmm. how they can work with you, how they can get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. And then after you tell us that, go ahead, right into your final nugget of wisdom.
1: Mm -hmm, For sure. So Um, one of the things I love to share with people is my quiz that I have. It's a leadership quiz actually. And it's based on those five, five features of personality that we talked about earlier. And I like to share, I like to start there because I think that, um, when, when I'm talking to people, most people identify as being leaders and some of them are like, I don't know if I'm intuitive or not. So you can take my quiz at drrobinmckay.com forward slash leadership quiz, so that'll get you started on the path to understanding even what style of leadership you have or that you really work from. Are you a visionary leader? Are you an empathic collaborative leader? Are you a competitive leader? And so on. Are you a quiet leader? Those quiet leaders are, are good ones as well. So that's one thing I wanted to share with them. And um, I think that's the best way to get in touch with me as well as to start right there and just start going through that understanding who you are as a leader and then my nugget of wisdom is this wherever you're coming from the more that you know yourself the more that you know yourself the more that you understand your personality the more that you understand who you are as a creative person as an intuitive person the more confidence you can have in your skills, abilities, and talents, your capacity to contribute. But everything to me starts with really, truly understanding what makes you unique in the world. And that's why I'm so in love with doing that, that neo-personality assessment, because it really does give such a good, solid foundation for why you are the way you are.
0: I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.